Good evening, America. Thank you for joining us. Good evening, America. Thank you for uh, joining us here and to restore your America's Republic peacefully and lawfully. We uh, appreciate every one of you joining us here this after this afternoon or this evening. What part of the country you're from? And uh, we all need to stand together. We need to be unified. Uh, this evening, uh, David Hurtler is with us, uh, one of the authors of Reinhabited Books. Also, um, Justice Waters from the Indiana Free State. Uh, Joe Gibson's here with us, and also uh, Mark Binder from the Free State of Iowa. Justice Waters, if you would uh, take it off. Yes, sir. Thank you, Governor. Hello, America. You know, you have heard us talk about the laws of nature and nature's God. So just what are these laws anyway? Well, there are basically seven of them. We have mathematics, physics, cause and effect, planetary motion, energy, gender placement, and relativity. The entire universe was created on these laws. That means there is a power that implemented these laws and that it is in place right now. The fact that you're even hearing me right now means that the laws of physics and energy are in operation. You and I do nothing without having to deal with these laws every day, every minute, and every second of our lives. Our Constitution was written on the laws of nature and the laws of God given to Moses. These laws tell us how to worship the God of nature and how to live in peace with each other and what to do when someone breaks the laws that he has implemented. We have high laws, lesser laws, and then we have lower laws. Here in America, our founding fathers wrote the Crimes Act of 1791 and revised it again in 1803 because more states and more people were coming into the Union. The term enemy of the state was first used in France in 1917. It was a Marxist statement, meaning those who do things and break laws from the established socialist government are considered an enemy of the state. In America, to be an enemy of the state you must rob banks in which the Federal Reserve, who print up fake dollars for the use of the nation, that is based and backed by air only and not gold. You must kill someone in law enforcement, like the FBI or the NSA or government. And you must be someone who sells top secrets to another government who opposes the corporate democracy or Republican government that is in charge. I can think of many reasons as to why killing someone in the government would put you on the list, but why selling secrets? Well, as WikiLeaks proved, about 99% of all those who committed treason by selling secrets to the enemy was because of the secrets they sold have corruption in them done by either the military complex or a senator or representative or even a president of that corporate democratic or republican government. So let's look at the last two presidents and let's see who the true enemy of the people really is. 
Trump stated on day one that he was going to give the people their government back, that it was for the people, by the people, and of the people. Under Trump, he took an oath to uphold, support, and defend the Constitution. Under Biden, he has ripped up the oath. He has undone everything Trump did do, making sure that the government went back to the few and took it away from the people. So I asked, who is the enemy of the people? Trump started building a wall, securing our southern border, keeping drugs that kill people out and hardened killers away from you and I, the American people. Biden on day one stopped the securing of the southern border allowing murderers and terrorists back into the nation by crossing that southern border with no stopping them, allowing the American people to die at the hands of the drug cartel and the terrorists and murderers. So I ask, who really is the enemy of the people? Trump built up our military and gave them a raise built new ships, new aircrafts, and newer weapons, and updated our nuclear arsenal. Biden stopped all that. He is trying to make our military a laxed Boy Scout weekend camping outing with new training videos on proper gender verbiage, like trans and birthing person. So I ask, Who is the enemy of the people? Trump made a phone call to the Ukrainian president wishing him well and asked what's going on and if he ever needed help to give him a call. Trump got impeached for that thanks to the lies of Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and others. However, in 2014, as vice president under Obama, Biden sent his son to Ukraine, and he got a job sitting on the board of a big gas company inside the nation, where Joe threatened the Ukraine that they would not get any U.S. money until they fired their lead investigator on Hunter Biden. Biden had received funds from the CCP in China and Russia through Hunter and it's all on his laptop. Yet Trump was impeached and Biden is in the White House. So I ask, who is the enemy of the people? Nancy Pelosi wouldn't allow any Republican reps on the January 6th committee that was appointed by the Republicans, but she did allow two Republican reps on because they hated Trump to begin with. They have now held four committee meetings on TV with less than 11% of the American people watching. As most decided to watch reruns of Gilligan's Island instead. The Democrats are so brain dead that their only mission in life is to make sure Trump does not run for president again in 2024. Why not? Because they understand the American people voted for him in 2020, and yet Biden is in the White House. And now they can't do that again the way they did it before because the American people are now watching. So I ask, Who is the enemy of the people? An average of $5.20 in Indiana for gas. Nationwide, it's $5.01 today. And all Biden can do is blame Putin for it since the Ukraine war started. But now he has changed his view. And he doesn't even want you to realize that he did it. He now blames the oil companies. Um, 
the same ones he said he was going to shut down in 2020, and he started to do so in 2021. But instead of fixing it, uh, right, and opening up drilling here in the U.S., who would rather go to socialist and Muslim nations who are our enemies and beg for oil to be shipped to us here, where there are hundreds of ships just sitting on the water waiting to come ashore to be unloaded. Biden is the root cause of all of our fuel problems, diesel and gas, JP-5, or jet and aircraft fuel. So I ask, who is the enemy of the people? Joe Biden is the head of the Democratic Party. He is dictating what they do by his actions. He orders by lack of action for groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa to riot in the streets, give weapons to street gangs so they can do their drive-bys. So Biden and the Democrats can try to take away your Second Amendment. You know, the one Biden says isn't forever. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are sending up this nation for starvation and disease, otherwise known as the black horse of Revelation. And even though that will happen somehow, some way, those who bring us there must always be held responsible. There's a set of laws that our founding fathers set down in which this republic does and will follow. And myself and others have taken an oath to keep and uphold. They are as follows. I am going to give you the crime and under the Republic law, the the Act of 1791, I'm going to give you the penalty. Treason, you get death. Murder, robbery, felony, you get death. Piracy, robbery against the United States, you get death. Accomplished to murder, robbery, or piracy, along with conspiracy to do so, you get death. Counterfeiting is death. Murder is death. It's not the same kind of murder as mentioned above. Prison break, you get death. Crimes and punishments for the civil level. Accessory to the fact of murder, robbery, or piracy. Three years in prison, no parole. Manslaughter, three years in prison, no parole. Interference with diplomatic diplomacy, three years, no parole. Mayhem, seven years prison, no parole. Larceny, four times what was stolen. Obstruction of dissension, one year in prison, no parole. Perjury or subordination, three years in prison, no parole. Judicial bribery, one year, no parole. And you can never hold an office anywhere in the United States or your state. Obstruction of judicial process, one year in prison with no parole. And again, you can no longer hold a position of any uh, judiciary uh, in the executive or the legislative branch. Your state and local crimes and their punishments. Child kidnapping, death. Kidnapping, generally, death. Child molestation, death. Child trafficking, death. Killing of the unborn without proper medical attention, death. A person posing as a doctor for the purpose of abortion, death. 
impersonating a law enforcement officer, seven years in prison with no parole. Conspiracy, seven years in prison with no parole. Mutilation of a human body, death. Sexual abuse against another person, seven years in prison at hard labor without parole. Conspiracy to commit bodily change, otherwise known as transgenderism, death. Gay, lesbian, being married to three or more people or being married to an animal, seven years in prison, no parole. The Republic will not allow for the ungodly forms of sexual abuse the U.S. corporation is brought into existence here in America. The Republic will have a transition period of 30 to 60 days to implement all seats of authority and laws into existence. They become in a series of within that 60 days. Step one, the de facto corporation will either fall by economic collapse or by war. Step two, the military will step in to take over and implement the constitutional form of government back to and for the people. Step three, the Republican form of government is in full place with full extent of power and authority within and up to the 60th day period of time that's allotted. After that 60th day, you will then have a 30-day period where all gays, lesbians, transgenders, ex-politicians will have 30 days to either exit the nation or face trial for their crimes. Biblical laws give us as a people the right and the duty to cleanse our land from all corruption, sin, and abominations so we can once again be blessed by the God of heaven, which is the God of nature. 30 days following the end of that 60-day period, or 90 days, of the collapse, everything will be completed and the republic form of government will be reestablished within this nation from the top all the way to the bottom. But here's the thing, the bottom holds the power. That is you, the people. If the ex-politicians the ones that you see running the country today, if they are still on this land and they are still alive at the end of that 90-day period, we will go after them. Why? They will stand trial because like today, like they did yesterday, like they will do tomorrow, they say a pledge of allegiance before every workday at the Capitol, which states they work and their pledged oath is to the Republic. But instead, they go to work for a corporate democracy, which they call a government, where their allegiance laid with the bankers, the military complex, and the elite of the world. And ultimately, Satan himself. You, the people, are caught in the middle of all this. And unless you become a part of us now and in the next few months, we may not have a nation left to try to bring back. The bottom line is this. By the midterm election cycle this November, if there is one, we will need to be ready to be stood up completely. The corporation is drowning. Their hand is up out of the water 
for the third time, and this time when it goes down, it's not coming back up. The power belongs to you, the people. The seats of authority belong to you, the people. And we need to stand this thing up so we can save our nation. We've already done the hard work. We have set up what needed to be set up. And now all we're waiting on is you. You to join forces with us. We cannot give you a a quick fix or magic schemes. And we can't bring you tons of riches. But what we can give you is what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights give to you. Freedom and the right to pursuit of happiness and a peace that belonged to the nation from the early 1800s where men worked with each other. Men were happy with each other. They helped each other out. They watched each other's back. That is the America we need to bring back. Governor, with that, I yield back to you, sir. Thank you, Justice Waters. America, there's some truth for you that our Father God has a, had a covenant with our founding fathers here in America. You know, I recommend uh, go to republic4unitedstatesofamerica.org. There you can read the Declaration of Sovereign Intent and also the Proclamation of Claim of Interest. Educate yourself there. I'd like to go to David Hurtler. David, would you like to share some information with the American people? You with us, David? Thank you, Governor. Thank you so much. I would like to share with the American people after a great presentation by Justice Waters. This this goes right to the basis of where we are today. If we look at 501c3, which came out in 1954, almost all churches have disestablished themselves as churches and established themselves as federal government agencies. Now you may say, how can you say that? You have a flag that's up by the altar with the yellow fringe on it, which gives it a government corporation identity. A government operating under the of religion when they became the 501c corporations. Now I want to take you back. I want to take you back, but before I do that, I want to read a scripture out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, going to the last two verses of chapter 1, and have put all things under his feet, meaning Christ, and be head of things to which, which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all, all. I want you to ponder on those two verses in the first chapter of Ephesians. How can you have a government corporation with an identity of a yellow French flag by your altar when you ponder on the two scriptures that I shared with you. And if I go back to the revolution, if I go back to the revolution, the position of the church, evidence of the sermons of the patriot preachers of the day who asserted that they did not hesitate to attack the great political and social evils of their day. The fathers of the Republican force by their example, and they invoke God in their civil assemblies Upon their chosen teachers of religion for counsel from the Bible and recognize its precepts as the law of their public conduct. The fathers did not divorce and religion today, but they did separate godly. They prepared for the struggle and went into battle with the word of God in their hearts and trusting in him. 
This was the secret of that moral energy which sustained the republic in its meticulous against superior numbers and discipline and all the power of England. The colonists appealed to heaven. When you become a Christian, it's all about faith. It's not about a government corporation. It's about true fellowship, going to your worship center in true fellowship. Because if you have the light, you are walking in agreement with Christ as he is the light. And when you come together with other people that are walking in the light, they are walking in agreement with Christ. Don't talk about your favorite sports team. You don't talk about what's going on in the country. You talk about Christ. And with that, Governor Henning, I yield back to you, sir. Thank you, David. Thank you very much for sharing your your words with the American people. You know, America, it's it's really time that we take a look what's going on in the world. You know, we see this war going on. If if that's what they that's what they call it, I guess the Ukraine. You know, that is the keystone. You're going to see that to come to light here, and I think a lot of Americans already see through that that veil that they've tried to put over all of our, our eyes. Um, you know, our founding fathers used the Holy Bible to give us a biblical law form here in America. They've used that to write the Constitution. We talked, Justice Waters talked about the Constitution this evening. It's a, it's a wonderful document. It doesn't need to be changed. You know, the American people had a con, Continental Congress back in 2010, the Republic. And they've written those documents, the Declaration of Sovereign Intent, the Proclamation of Claim of Interest, which you can find and read for yourself at republic4unitedstatesofamerica.org. Read the Bible. I mean, that's dust that off. It's time that we all get back to the Founding Fathers' biblical law form here in America. Dave and Gene Hartler have written a couple of books. One is Reinhabited Republic for United States of America, Volume 1, America's Truthful History. That was written by Gina Dave Hurtler. Also, Volume 2 is Reinhabited Republic of the United States of America, Volume 2, The Story of the Reinhabitation. These books can be ordered at reinhabitedrepublic.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Donate to the Republic by ordering those books. Gina's written a, Gene Hurtler has written a book, James Timothy Turner, American President and Political Prisoner. And it's a legal brief and appeal to the courts of heaven. It's a short read. It's a very good book to have the truth, truthful story of what happened to James Timothy Turner, our restoration president of America's Republic. He put it all in line for us, America. Time that we stand up together. You know, it's time that we educate yourself and take control of this great American Republic that our forefathers left for us to protect and enjoy. We are holding your seats and the title to America's Republic. You just need to want it back. Take ownership of your part and spread the word, America. You know, they've, they've tried to keep us dumbed down and enslaved with this corporate America since 1871. There's another document you can read and understand since 1871. It's called the Act of 1871. You know, America, if you want to you wanna come on this call this evening and you want to talk to somebody here on the call, you can dial 657 3830616 and press 1. Then you come in into the queue and we'll chat with you if you have any questions or concerns or just want to share your thoughts with America. It's time America. Well, actually, Get I'd like to bring something up. I'd like to bring something up if you don't mind. Uh, Go ahead, maybe, Joe. Uh, Joe Gibbs. Um, well, the, the 14th Amendment, we talk a lot about that in the, the citizenship clause and you know, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or uh, property without due process of law, nor any to any person uh, within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. So... 
the Constitution was uh, originally ad- uh, adopted and assumes that there there is citizenship of the United States and of the states, but does not explicitly provide a rule that tells whether anyone is a citizen of either, other than by giving Congress the power to naturalize, Article 3, um, which deals with the uh, judiciary, gives the federal courts jurisdiction over controversies between citizens of different states, and thus assumes that some people have state citizenship, Article 2 puts that only a natural-born citizen of the United States or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of the Constitution may be, may be a president, for instance, and thus assumes like, uh, that some people have national citizenship. Nowhere, however, does the or original Constitution lay down a clear and comprehensive rule about either kind of citizenship. So, um, am I, or does it, or is there anything in history, can anyone on this call here tonight divert me or maybe uh, uh, point me to that where it does? Justice Waters, can you answer that? Um, well, what you're asking is almost an impossible task because when they did the 14th Amendment, they worded that in such a way to where everything belongs to the state. Then they turn around and give you licenses, uh, the license to drive, which comes from the state, uh, the hunting license, which comes from the state, and then the voting license, which comes from the state. Everything that you are obligated to buy, including your car insurance, your life insurance, your right to exist comes from the state. So that brings up the question, why on your voting document that you you use, why does it say, are you a U.S. citizen? Why does the license that comes from the state say U.S. citizen? Because what they've done is they've literally lied to themselves they hid it in the back door of secrecy where they converted you from your state citizenship to your national citizenship. They've done it in a clean sweep. You didn't even know they did it. And as long as you don't know, you're not going to ask questions, and they can get along fine and still rule over you. So what you're asking there, Joe, is, uh, is really an impossible thing to find because as far as I know, that does not exist. You? Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because, uh, you know, the theories is citizenships or citizenship was developed, right? Um, one view is that national citizenship citizenship is dependent on state citizenship, so that those. Uh, who were state citizens under state law, and only those people were citizens of the United States. You know, that that view uh, raised a question concerning those born or resident in the District of Columbia then, or in a federal territory. Another view was that the federal law uh, implicitly uh, provided a rule that identified citizens of the United States. For example, the rule of citizenship by birth, like you just talked about, or, or by contract. So, I mean, but this was addressed, actually, because I just typed it in, uh, in 1857, uh, the Dred Scott versus Stan- uh, Sanford, uh, Dred Scott, who had been held as a slave, sued the executor of the former master's estate under the state citizenship diversity jurisdiction of the federal courts. So, I mean, so really, uh, yeah, but the original, but really, my real question was that so by being born here in this country, there's nothing in the original Constitution that says I am a citizen. I am a state citizen, or I'm a citizen of this. Um, it's only done so by birth, right? That I'm born here, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, because the Constitution does say that whatever is not written in here reverts to the state. Ah, okay. That, that could be your only answer, as far as I know, to that, which then means that if it's not in the Constitution, you know, in black and white, then it goes right back to the state you're born in or the state okay. you're living in. Okay. And now I'm now, and so then I would be a state citizen of that state, but not a United States citizen because the United States is not really 
well, you know, it was the District of Columbia, and I'm not born in the District of Columbia. I'm not part of the District of right. Columbia. I wasn't born in federal territory. I was born in a state, right? Right. Okay. None of us technically were born in the District of Columbia. There are there are a few that may have been today because that's where they are living. You know, they're only a year old. They could probably make that claim. But you and I know. No, whatever state you were born in, that's the citizenry that you belong to. Um, that's the beauty of, of the, what the founding fathers did. Um, we're but they did away with that. But they did, not to interrupt you, but they did away with that at the Reconstruction Act in 1871, right? That's what you were revert, yeah. talking about earlier is the Reconstruction yeah. Act. And then now we're, we're – so therefore now I'm a citizen of the state of North Carolina now, so therefore I have to apply these codes and statutes. I have to live by their laws, the state – the states, because the state – each state has its own constitution. That really reflects the models after the U.S. Constitution. So right. therefore, you know, so that's where we get into a, a problem where some people where, where with the Republicans are going to say, well, what are we going to do? You know, fight the Civil War all over again? I've heard that question a million times, but you know, it's silly in a way. But I'm just saying that that's what a lot of people say. Well, what are we going to do? Go back to the Civil War and just start, have the states break away? What, what's the purpose? You know, we all got to be part of one union. You know, and, and succession always gets held up on that argument. You know, where what are we going to do? Have Texas break away by itself and then be its own country? You know. So that's the only con- the problem where I see where people have a little bit of problem that I'm talking to about the republic, you know, is, is I understand what you're saying, and I get it, and I'm with the republic, but I'm just saying that's the problem that other people have. Right. You know, the other thing is when the state that you lived in, that you are a citizen of, when it went into corporation status under the federal government, then... Basically, your state gave up all rights and converted you over to the national government. You can look at it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you this know, is, this is, we had no power or authority on that. The, the state itself order? did that. Point of order? Yeah. Columbia or, the Columbia Organic Act of 1871 the federal government had experienced a private incorporation given a business name which was unlawfully and strategically manipulated every opportunity under the circumstances of change in law form, and all the states in the Union were formed as franchises. Where's the Constitution in that, okay, guys? Or political subdivisions so that a new Union of the United States of America could be created. And this new Union... The corporate United States was under the private rule of those private banking interests who privatized the District of Columbia through incorporation. What does it mean to be privatized? Well, to transfer from public or government control or ownership to private enterprise. What about the Uniform Commercial Code? where Where is our state constitutions today? Where are they? Let's bring this up, because we've gone to Uniform Commercial Code. All the states in the Union were reformed as franchises or political subdivisions so that a new Union of the United States of America could be created. You see where I'm coming from? With that, I yield. Yeah, yeah. They use the Constitution in word to make it sound like they're working for the people, but their actions and their deeds, they use the other, whatever they, they want to use at that moment in time. So they only use that Constitution, whether it be the state or the national, only in word, not action. Well, then the 14th Amendment, uh, you know, where we get into that, are you a person or a citizen? Citizen or person, you know? Uh, well, the citizen, uh, the Equal Protection Clause, you know? So what, what, what which, which are, you see, they throw that trick in there. And that's two different meanings. If you go to Black's Law Dictionary, the definition of a person and citizen, if you look at the two different meanings in law. Well, 
I understand what you're saying. A lot of people don't know it. Let me see if I can get this number right. 32223, I believe, was the executive order. Clinton signed it. Uh, it was about 19, I don't know, 1996, 97, somewhere in there. And what it did, in the middle of that executive order, it made all people the same as cattle. So people no longer, under that executive order, had any humanistic form according to the government. Then when Bush came into office in uh, 2005, he signed the Military Commissions Act that made all of us enemies of the corporation. So, you know, since 1871, we've had a number of things that have taken place that have degraded and downgraded we as people to where we're nothing more now than cattle and we are enemies, considered enemies of the state based on the Military Commissions Act. And then you got Homeland Security where that is their Bible. They go strictly on that Military Commissions Act. It gives them their power and authority along with the Patriot Act. And the Military Commissions Act really has nothing to do with the military. It has everything to do with a Nazi-style government. And the Patriot Act has nothing to do with being a patriot. They just use those words to make it sound like it, it is or it's good. And so, you know, what you, you and I have seen in our lifetimes, especially in the last 20 to 30 years, is a play on words where they've used words that we think means one thing. They're meaning something completely different, and they're pulling the wool over our eyes because for a long time we, the people, never took the time to study it out, to look at it. Now, I'm just saying in the last 20 years, we've had a number of people that have come and gone. Some are now dead. Some are still in prison that have started to find things and ask the same kind of questions you're asking, Joe. And when they ask the wrong person, then they get in trouble. You know, and this is what happened before the republic was uh, reestablished. Well, yeah, because between 1789 and 1793, you had the Constitution for the United States of America. 1859 to 1863, you had the Constitution of the United States of America. And then from uh, 29 to 33, you had uh, the Constitution of the United States. And then 99 to 2003, you had the United States Constitution. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah. How many times these are things that people are not taught? Point of order, yeah. point of order. When was the straw man initiated? Uh, would that be the uh, the, confeder the confederation government, the name given uh, so that form of government which the American colonies on shaking off the British yoke? Was it not uh, the Fourteenth Amendment? Was it not the Fourteenth Amendment? Yeah. When was the straw well, man? Well, no, I'm saying when, when when the original straw man was born. The original man was born. You know, became a citizen. Right. He was under the confederation right. government. But yeah, the Fourteenth Amendment. Yes, when it was taken. Yeah, you're right. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. I yield. So, wh how do we? So we we've got ourselves in a mess here. History has, because we allowed history to keep steamrolling by. We, time doesn't stop for anybody. And now we get now what do we want to revert back to? We want to revert back to a lawful de jure form of government because we see that the people that are not in government today, the de facto that we like to call them, are not representing us and not looking out for us. They're pure criminal. I mean, just by their policies and procedures right. and codes alone, we can see that they're operating just for self-interest and greed and money, that they're, that they're, uh, monop they're monopolized by the Federal Reserve Banking Cartel. That's why the Founding Fathers warned us so much about central banks and the power that they have by the printing press.
So therefore, the only way, I think I had this conversation about a month ago when somebody was telling me about how he was mailing sheriffs in the state of Wisconsin letters, and one it was always about the paycheck, the paycheck, and the paycheck, and that, that stood with me because we all need money to with, and as long as they control the money, and the people in the positions are going to continue to just do their jobs. And it doesn't matter if they're going to take your kid. It doesn't mean if they're going to kill you. It doesn't mean if they're going to lock you in prison. They're just going to do their jobs, right? And we have to stop that. And the only way we could do it is perhaps allow them to attack and feed on themselves and allow themselves to destroy themselves from within and then have the republic and the lawful du jour government waiting here just making sure we keep educating the people properly and doing the right thing. In one sense, we're watching that take place now. Uh, the yeah. Democratic Party itself is just, I mean, the big fish have eaten the most of the small and now the big fish are eating up the big fish. Correct. Correct. So, so we well, are I don't like appeasement that. either. You know, appeasement yeah. is not a good thing either. You know, no. it's not a good thing to appease the the evil out there and allow the devil to operate freely. And believe you me, whenever you compromise on something, you still lose. You lose something yeah. when you compromise. But to the average young child out there, a young kid out there who's 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, there's a lot of graduations occurring right now around the country. Uh, you know, uh, what what do they say? Well, how do they react when they hear a conversation like we're talking about right here and right now? Uh, what do we got to do? It's up to us to say military, step in and arrest these people. That's why they have a jail at the Capitol that they never use. Yeah. They can arrest those son of a bitches up there, you know, that are breaking these laws and creating these policies that are unconstitutional, leaving our borders unprotected, completely contempt of the Constitution, no matter which one it is. And, uh, you know, we have to, uh, uh, you know, but... I like my brand-new car. I like my brand-new house, and I got a big paycheck every Friday. So <laughs> you want me to jeopardize that? I got that yeah. at the meeting uh, meeting uh, last week, you know? So, you yeah. know, Looks some people got that. Looks still you know, running. Yeah. So, you know, what are we, how do we pull this plug? I mean, okay. I, I think okay. David said in the beginning the de facto cannot be fixed. Okay. You're right, but I, I, and again, this is where I come. I know some people who disagree with me, but you know my heart's in the right place. It's always with the Republic, but that's why we infiltrate the de facto and bring people like us into their gut system and change it from within and try to eat it up from within. Because I don't see us getting it any other way at this moment in our history of our country. Okay. Point of order. Point of order. Let's go back to the basis. The de facto government, going back to 1871 with the Organic Act, okay, which God, over 151 years, these guys, these, these so-called presidents selected, not elected, surrounded with people wearing black, which God are they serving? And which God is the de jure government serving? This is where it goes. It goes back to the basis. It goes back to the root. This is where it is. We have to go back. We have to grab the Dejure government, and we have to serve the true God. And with that, I yield. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I see your your point there. But again, you know, it's, it's yeah, you know, we're not living in uh, the, the Book of Daniel's times right now. So, you know, we're, we're still really we're serving the de facto. We're cooperating with them when we spend their Federal Reserve notes every day at the store. We're using that same filthy, evil, evil paper money because because if we use something else, we're breaking the law. You know, so you know I, that's why I was just making that point to infiltrate. But you can stand right now. You can still serve your your, your God the best you can the best capable ways you can, but we, at least you, your daily motives every day is trying to stop the corruption and evil out there. You know, I mean, uh, us getting together and having rallies and seminars around the country, that's great, but we just don't have the numbers right now to, to make a dent. But, you know, but we could use those numbers to infiltrate the de facto, I think, and get judges on the bench, get uh, sheriffs elected. You know, get governors elected, maybe. You know, and get get it going. You know, that's 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 how I see it. I mean, I'm going to be building my platform here in North Carolina, 
with the de facto uh, having a state registered uh, uh, committee. But I, I'll tell you what, if I could build enough backing, I'm not going to go for state legislator this time. I'm going to go up a higher, you know. I will see what yeah. I can do. You know, I got 100 counties in my state. I'll take a poll in all 100 counties if I can get, you know, I'll, I'll go governor if I have to, you know. I mean, whatever I got to do, but, but to, uh, that's a budget of about $2.5 million to run a campaign like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and you have to do it. You have to have the money. I've learned of that this last time around. Grassroots is great, and you're going to get a good core of people still out there, but they're dying off each and every day. They're coming fewer and fewer, and I saw that, and I didn't spend the money. If I would have spent the money and used the money and solicited the funds and used the de facto system like I wanted to, then I think I would have been, I'd be talking to a state legislator right now, you know, I would, or I would have been the nominee. I mean, the Republican Party at least. So that's what. So we have. So the money has got to come. We've got to put our little hundred-dollar bills together, and we've got to get people in there. That's just my view, on you know, on my opinion on from what I've been through and see is the only way that we can change it from within. The system, or we, or we're going to just watch it collapse, which it's going to anyway, according to the Lord, you know. But mm-hmm. that's just how I see it. Well, um, I know for myself, after hearing what I heard yesterday, well, like two days ago and then yesterday, the opinion was supposed to come out today about whether or not Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned shot down, changed, or whatever. Antifa and uh, George Soros has pumped hundreds of thousands of dollars in in just the last two days to groups all over America who say they're going to riot in the streets if it's overturned. Um, you know, if they say that the, uh, the state in question here uh, is correct, and it goes back to the state level, then Roe v. Wade as a national happening is over, but it still belongs to the state level, and abortion is still available. Yep. And that's what these idiots don't seem to understand. Or maybe they understand it, they don't care, they just want to riot. Yep. So here is what I would say to the people of America, if you live in a society or a city where these riots are taking place, you know your police department, your county sheriff's department isn't going to do anything. They're going to be ordered to stand down. That leaves you and them. What are you going to do? You gonna let them burn your place of business down? You gonna let them burn your house down? Or what are you gonna do? Because an act of violence is what they are doing. An act of preservation is what you would be doing. And accordance to the law, even their law, in their codes, you are right, they are wrong. Because if this turns out the way I think it's going to, all these Democratic-run cities, and there's a number of them, they're going to be burning, no matter what the decision is coming out of the Supreme Court. And that's something that the people of America need to get ready for, because it's going to be ugly. And well, did it come out today? To did they come out today? Huh? Did did it come out today? The decision? No, uh, they they said they got to wait till Thursday to see if it comes out then, and they think what's going on is that they are a little concerned as justices. So when it comes out, they want to be able to go on their summer vacation. So they may leave the court while it's being presented. It'll take a few minutes for the news media you know, to get a hold of it and decipher it and all that, and by that time they're gone. That's what they're thinking. Wow. Because it's such a controversial thing. We've had one one justice, you know, had a, a threat on his life. Uh, they're, they're still marching in front of uh, uh, three more of the uh, justices' homes, uh, and these people are not willing to give up. 
they want to burn something down. And they got away with it, you know, during the election cycle, the election year. They got away with it in Portland, and nothing happened to them. And it's like the Kobar, or whatever they call his name, the late-night talk show. His people got arrested, and Adam Schiff told them where to go and how to get in. Adam Schiff, the guy running this January 6th committee, he spoke today how horrible Trump was for having all those people come into the Capitol. And he did exactly the same thing. Now, let's see, uh, let, let's see the, the, the late-night talk show people. Let's see them go to prison. You know they're not because they use the late-night uh, talk shows as a, as a grounds of getting their message out. They're now pawns of the Democratic Party. That's why the president went on what Kimball, because he is he's a mouthpiece for the Democratic Party, for the left. They all are. So they're getting ready to to do a major hurt, and that's why I said earlier, you know, the the next election cycle is in November if if we get that far, if we still have one. Their goal well, uh, is to stay in office. The Supreme Miami. Court did. Yeah, the Supreme Court ruled also on uh, the scope of the All Writs Act, a 233-year-old yeah. statute that gives federal courts broad power to issue orders. The case involved an Ohio death row prisoner trying to develop a new evidence to challenge his conviction and sentence. Uh, uh, I don't know what the ruling was. It doesn't say. <laughs> I don't know what they did there. Yeah, but, there uh, was supposed to be like five of them today. I only heard like two of them. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the high court made five total rulings on Tuesday. So they made five total rulings. Um, so they, uh, they struck down Maine's ban on using public funds at religious schools. Uh, um, uh, justices validate denial of insurance coverage for outpatient uh, dialysis. Justices grant review in cases on Bank Secrecy and False Claims Act, and divided court rejects death row prisoners' attempt to gather neurological evidence. So that's the rulings that they came up with today. Yeah. Nothing on the abortion. No. But, you know, I don't like this. The Supreme Court makes the law. You know, they, well, I don't care what they rule on. And I have nothing to do with me, you know, but that's a case. I mean, I, I just don't agree with that. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's so broken, the system. Well, somebody actually said it last night on, it was late night, that the Supreme Court back in 73 had no reason to rule the way they did because it was just an opinion. Opinions aren't law. Yeah. The court yeah. makes no law. And yet they that's treated right. it as law. So if it's overturned, it's going to be overturned because they saw back in '73 it was done wrongly. So that's you yeah. know that's one of the the things being discussed right now. Well, those of you, those of you, uh, real quick before I forget, actually, I'm sorry, those everybody that's listening, uh, I'll be on tonight at nine o'clock. Not this podcast, but I'm actually going to be on a liberal radio podcast. The phone number there is going to be eight four five. Two four one nine nine eight five. I'll say it again in a minute. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a radio podcast with a prosecutor. Actually, another guy named Joe is going to be. I guess. I guess you could say debating me on the republic uh, and uh, stuff on the things that I stand for, restoring the republic. And uh, I guess he's going to vet me. So uh, it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So that'll be on tonight, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And the phone number to listen in would be eight four five two four one nine nine eight five nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So just forget to throw that in there, everybody. Well, Joe, I'm going to have to go. All right. Um, I appreciate the time and appreciate you letting us and the Republic come on your podcast. So it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, you to guys go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, you guys go ahead and wrap it up or do your thing. I was just helping out, contributing today. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Thank you, Joe, very much. Justice Waters also, thank you. David, um, let's go to uh, Representative Mark Binder. 
Free State Iowa, would you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. It would be the highest honor to you um, to do so. Creator God, our Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves and come before your throne in the name of Jesus to seek your faith. For you are the God of miracles and wonders, and you still demonstrate your awesome power. Let the love to your people shine down and cover us with strength, wisdom, and temperance. And in having your grace, help us to continue on in restoring our beloved republic. We pray for unity of spirit to overcome our enemies exactly in the way the Bible describes to us how to do and be successful. We pray the blood of Jesus to wash us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. We pray for America and Canada and that all the enemy's strongholds come crashing down, especially the flood of lies from the babble of the mainstream media. We pray the promises of Psalm 75 come to pass soon that the Lord shall do. That states in um, Psalm 75, I will cut off the strength of evil men, says the Lord, and increase the power of good men in their place. Praise the Lord, glory and hallelujah. Lord God, save the republic, and Lord God, rescue President James Timothy Turner. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, and in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Amen. Uh, Again, thank you, gentlemen, for everybody uh, joining this Blog Talk Radio Show this evening, restoring uh, your republic. It's all it's all for you, America. Stand up. God bless America. Again, you can go to republic for org. Educate yourself.